Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm your host, Diane Gibbs, and I'm joined. This is an AIGA special thing that we've never done, and there's actual people in the room. Oopsie. <laughs> they're, the, they're the people. Yeah. Woohoo! Some alumni. It's really fun, and I'm on a, a PC. Tell anybody. Okay, so... I have some questions, um, but I'm going to kind of set it up so you understand. This is, uh, oh, my mom's here. Hey, mom. And Jandon from uh, your teacher. Jandon, hi. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jandon. We have lost my glasses. <laughs> Meaning me has lost my glasses. And David's here from Seattle. Awesome. Thanks for coming twice in one day, David. All right. So um, if you're new, you can always chat in the uh in the chat and if you're here live you can actually come and talk to you can ask a question we're gonna have some time at the end you're just gonna come over here and ask a question if you want to or you can tell me and then I can ask the question but all these people are uh, emerging or within that kind of emerging um, part of design so you've been in the business for zero to five years and or maybe a little bit longer I don't know exactly all the specs but we'll get we'll get to that so I wanted you guys to tell us a little bit about um, your knowledge about how you've created your career your your career creative career um, how you've created opportunities within that and decisions that made an impact on your career so um, if you can start with uh, career changes or I know I know both Pim and Jeffy so Pim just say your name where you work and where you live. How about that? We'll start with that. So Pim, you start. Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Pim Herr. Uh, I currently am at the Washington Post. I'm a marketing solutions manager. And so I'll just quickly premise and say before we jump any further, I was a senior designer at Politico. So I promise I, I am from the world of um, design. <laughs> that title may seem a little uh, not questionable, but you know, like maybe not as relevant right away. And then I'll tell you more of my story after we hear everyone else's intros. Okay, sounds good. All right, Jeffy. Hey, my name is Jeffy Thomas, and I'm in Philadelphia working at a uh, architecture firm called Core Design Architecture. As their marketing and uh, just all around throw Jeffy at any problem guy. And so, and tell them where you're from. And I know you're from Philly, but where are you from originally? Oh man! All right, so I'm from India, born in Bahrain, and then lived in India for four years and moved here. In Philly, to Philly in 2003 and have been here since. Okay. All right. And Abby is our hometown girl from, Mo well, she's not from Mobile, but she spent some time here. So we're considering her hometown more than y'all, the two of you at least. So Abby, tell us about you and you went to school at Spring Hill. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm originally from Houston, Texas, but I went to Spring Hill College uh, for four years. I got my BA in graphic design. I spent some time at the AIGA chapter in Mobile, had a lot of fun. And then um, I worked at Red Square Gaming. Uh, you guys might, uh, Mobilians might know uh, who Red Square is. But yeah, I worked for them for about a year. And then, uh, yeah, and I got a job offer to work for Frame.io in New York. So we're a, a video collaboration software. And I do mo uh, marketing motion design for the, these guys over here. So yeah. And so when did you move up there? Um, I moved up here in April of this year. So I've been here for almost uh, October, October, like mid-October is going to be my six-month mark. So. Nice. 
And yeah. so, Pim, you were the only one that didn't tell us where you oh, yeah. So the, the origin story is a little lengthy, so I'll give you guys a really short one. Um, starts out sounding a little sad. I uh, was born in a refugee camp in Thailand, a little town called Chumburi, and then we immigrated here when I was a baby. So technically, you know, like my memories are more of America, but um, just growing up with that, you know, you kind of had that refugee immigrant experience, um, bridging multiple worlds. Um, grew up in a small town called Menominee, Wisconsin, uh, until the fifth grade. Moved to the inner city, Syracuse, New York, uh, and then went to school at SCU as well. So it was, it was a new house in Maxwell Kid. Nice. Awesome. Okay, so um, Pim, you and Jeffy have kind of taken on a new, um, your design career has been uh, different maybe than most people. So I want you guys to kind of go through that just a little bit. So it, what you're doing now is what, and then what were you doing right before that? So okay. you want to start and then we'll go to Jeffy. Yes. Okay. So right now I'm a marketing solutions manager. And like I alluded to earlier, it may be like, question mark, why, how did you get there? Right. So um, to bring it back a bit, it's actually kind of perfect because I'm um, basically growing up in a world where I kind of had this like whole immigrant thing. When I say it like that in a refugee thing, it was more like, oh, wow, I didn't have a choice. I had to understand politics and policy. Right. And like, what does it mean to have power to not have power? Because uh, when I say a refugee, we literally do not have a country that I can point to to say that's my hometown. That's my country. So growing up, I was interested in that as much as I was in, you know, the arts, whether it was art, design, etc. And so when I went to college, I studied both. I studied creative advertising at Newhouse. And then we had a really good policy um, class or school. And so I also studied all of that at the same time. And the entire time I felt like my classmates and professors were like, we know kids do this, but we know they usually just do it to make it sound cool but like you're actually passionate about this and this is scary because what do you want to be when you grow up and I was like I don't know but I believe in like social justice and I believe there's a way to create you know a world of impact or more impact through smart design and strategy and so I just kind of kept bridging those worlds and that's how I find my way to DC uh, worked at a public affairs firm then went to Politico um, I don't know how in the reason you want me to get and you were so, doing design okay. right yeah. you were doing design at those and, and mm -hmm. you're in marketing so are you still yeah. doing designers more yeah. of what your role is strategy yeah it's definitely it's kind of shifted a bit and so to explain that I was doing a lot of change management um, I basically got into UX before I felt like the company was ready to um, this is about my previous job and that's not to say that they you know there weren't smart people there who knew what they needed to do but you know it's just like when you're a little you're like two percent more ready right and so I, I, I had to do a lot of the educating right so like I'll learn this I'll train myself I'll come back I'll teach you I will teach a room of c-suite folks what to do and that was from my junior design career into where I was um, as a senior designer and so you know, just wherever I went, it was always a story of I will learn, I'll come back and I'll show you. And I'm this tiny little Asian girl, you know, like who's barely five feet, you know, in a room full of people who, uh, you know, just on paper are so much more uh, experienced than I am. Right. And, and that can be really scary. But, you know, at the same time, someone has to do the job of teaching design, because if you don't teach design to people, they won't see the value in it. And then suddenly they're making all these decisions above your head. And I was kind of tired of that life, uh, especially when I realized like there's actually like basically everything that you do like as a designer, there's a cost to it, right? Like we may not want to think about that, but ultimately I realized like my ideas are kind of expensive. Wait a second, this MVP that I just helped you, you know, design that I wireframe that I, I learned Envision for when no one in this company knew how to use Envision, like that costs millions. Um, hmm, what does that mean then? You know, like, and how does that translate? And so I thought, how can I kind of connect all these dots that I'm connecting for other people into my 
resume. And so ultimately that's how I ended up shifting over to marketing to really make sure that I can say confidently, I understand, you know, the business side, I can understand the, you know, whatever it is to do with that kind of world. And so that's kind of how this may seem convoluted, but it's actually all super connected. Um, so I want to be respectful of everyone's time. So I'll stop here for a moment. And then if you want me to fill in later, I'm happy to do that. Okay. Sounds good. And Danish dish just came. So, Hey, I'm glad to see you. All right. So Jeffy, how about you? Tell us about, um, your kind of foray into design because it, you studied architecture. Yes, I did. Um, so it started, I would say it started, uh, well, before college and when my dad was like, all right, let's apply for college. What do you want to do? And I said art. And I think I almost blew his mind. Uh, cause he was just like, you're Indian. This doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Indians are either, uh, doctors or engineers and such. Um, so I just kind of was like, all right, what's close to engineering, but we'll keep it creative. So I went to school for architecture in Philly. Um, once I graduated, I graduated architecture in 07 um, when the recession was hit. Like, so it was really hard. Uh, all of my friends that graduated were not finding jobs. I was an international student, so no company really wanted to sponsor me. Because you have to get a one year, you have a one year to get like a company to, uh, you have kind of a grace period for a year. Correct. And then and you have to have somebody sponsor you and they have to pay, fill out paperwork and pay some stuff, right? Yeah. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of time um, in a time where people didn't want to spend money and didn't want to spend time. Um, and those are two really like valuable commodities. So uh, I kind of took my chances and went back to school uh, for my master's in digital media and uh did that for two years, graduated. Uh, in that, in those two years, I was I got married and uh, was able to get a green card, and and uh, that enabled me to buy some more time, obviously. And you love your wife. This isn't. I do. Correct. Yeah. Right. And I know Jeffy. Like, <laughs> and I can't wait to get to know Pim better. But I, I mean, Jeffy and I are friends, and we seen each other in person so yeah um but you do love your wife you, I you fell in love and you got I, I guess i should have backtracked that a little bit but um yeah so but my first year out of uh, my, my master's it was really difficult i uh still not having any internship uh, experience just because i was like trying to get through school as an international student uh no one was willing to hire me either in architecture or in digital media um so I just was kind of like starting to look for any job possible. And uh, one day there was a job posting through a friend asking about if I wanted to work at a uh, print shop as a delivery driver. And I was like, I want to work at a print shop, not as a delivery driver, but this is, this was a good, this was a good foot in. And, you know, it was just a, I feel like my journey has been a kind of like, okay, all right, I'll, I'll roll with the punches and I'll take that. And, and you're so humble. You're not too good for anything. That's what I love about you, right? And you're like, no. if that's in, this is a job. I want to do it. Yeah, and 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 you know, I was it was it was a time where a job was a job. It paid. It was money, and and it meant food on the table. So um, I took it. It worked, and I worked there for five years at this French shop in Philly, um, and I worked my way up from delivery driver to essentially running the large format department. Um, printing, you know, large scale prints for like essentially all across the country. Um, but 
it was it was it was really good um i would say you know kind of like a good uh window into the design world and the print world you know people say print is going to die if if it is dying that shop did not feel like it we were busy all the time so um, your mic is rubbing your collar i am so sorry I'm sorry. I just can't no. focus. I can't even type rubbing. I don't have my glasses on. It's just falling. <laughs> anyway, could, could you guys hear what I'm saying? Though, if you were my student, you know I can't like. If there's a pin clicking, somebody's just like click, 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 click. click. I'm like, stop it. So you're well, hopefully, you're hopefully this mic will not do that anymore. Um, also, like rub aiming, rub it. In. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> To continue, so like five years at the French shop, and Diane's gone. There, she's back. Um, after five years at the French shop, she, uh, I was a, I was kind of talking to a friend, and I was like, I don't think I could ever go back to architecture. It seems so stressful. I'm like six, seven, eight years removed at that point from architecture, um, and. Uh, you know, of course, just kind of the way life works. Uh, I, I put that into the world and the world decided to come smack me in the backside of my head. And uh, I got a call from a friend of mine who started his own company and said, hey, uh, we're, we need someone entry level and I'm willing to kind of invest in you and give you this chance and, and uh, take it. And do you want, do you want it? And here I am. I've been just told people I don't want an architecture job, and I'm like. But you were also doing all their design too, right? So you have correct. this design background now, and now you were able to do their design and their marketing. Absolutely. And they were like throwing you into the wolves of doing some architecture stuff as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, the marketing is kind of my foot in. It's what the bonus that uh, you know helped me seal this job and kind of keeps me here. <laughs> Hopefully, my boss is not watching. All right, so I think you have had a drastic change. I know Abby kind of started out in um, animation here in Mobile and then has been hired in at Frame.io doing similar kind of work. PIMS was still in design, so you switched. It's still art, architecture, it's similar. And, and I think one of the things that's great about architecture is that you have that really, um, your hand skills, your all that stuff really feeds in. So there's still so many things and design. You're learning about all the basics of design and architecture school. We understand. Um, what about design? Jeffy, did you love? And from the, like what attracted you that you would want to work at a print shop as a driver? And how did you move up? Like what did you do in that driver position that got you more your foot in the door? Um, Essentially, I think you, you you said it best. You know, like nothing nothing's beneath me. Um, just willing to hop on and help whenever help was needed. Um, you know, and not doing the like I'm a delivery driver. I don't have to worry about all this other stuff that's happening in the shop. Um, and that interest kind of uh, snowballed. And um, uh, you know, my side passion is uh, I'm a paper cutting illustrator and. Uh, people knew that exact knives were like one of my favorite things. And one of the large format things was using an exacto knife every day. Um, and uh, people were like, do you want to give this a try? See how you like it. Um, and that's kind of, you know, just 
it's just really grasping, grabbing at a whatever is thrown my way and giving it a try. It's like baptism by fire, really. Right. Um, yeah. All right. So Abby and Pim, obviously Jeffy moved from India, so he has a really big move. But um, Pim and Abby, you both moved for your current job um, from where you had been kind of more safety or more spent more time. And then what is moving to a new city like? And was it scary or exciting? And Jeffy, if you have any uh, tips there too, just chime in. But um, Abby, what about you? Since it's, how long, um, Pim, have you been in DC? So it's almost strange to say it's been four going on five years uh, coming this Thanksgiving, but I will let Abby start and then I will chime in after. All right, since it's the freshest on Abby, what was it like moving to a new city? Oh, I don't know. It's, um, I, I feel like moving from Alabama to New York is like going, I, it feels a little bit like going from like a, like a tiny fishbowl to like the bottom of the ocean a little bit. <laughs> like it, completely different uh, way of life. Like you can't just get in your pickup truck and go to Walmart. Like you gotta, you know, take the R and then transfer to the Q and then like, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like moving to a bit, like, did you know anybody there? I mean, did you have a roommate? How did you find the basics? So I had, uh, I, I'm on a Facebook group, actually, uh, New York city motion designers. And I was able to find like a roommate through there. And, uh, so that worked out pretty well. Um, but like, other than her, like, I really didn't know anybody moving up here, which is crazy. And in a way that really like ignited like my, like fight or flight instincts, if that makes sense. Like it was, it's very like, oh my God. Okay. Like, you know, I'm going to learn as much as I can. I'm going to make as many friends as I can. Like, I'm going to, you know, get, get my act together. Basically. Uh, it really, like gave me such like a burst of energy that I was looking for in my previous uh, career. And yeah, I don't know. I recommend it to anyone who's lived in the South most of their life. So do you think of yourself as an extrovert or an introvert? I, oh, I'm like introvert a hundred percent. But I don't know. The thing about like introversion is like, I don't know. It, it, all it takes is like meeting a bunch of like new people that like really care about you to really like bring you out of your shell. And I was kind of fortunate to work at Frame.io because like a lot of my coworkers all have like the best interests like in each other. So, I, and I, I don't know. So like being a part of that environment in uh, New York City especially is like just extremely important. Just have, just having like that like support system of like people to uh, you know, uh, tell you what, like, grocery store to go to, or, right. or, or tell you what, like, this marketing term means, like, it, it's just, like, yeah, it's so great. So, um, one other thing is, so, as an introvert, and as somebody who's uh, moving out, or up to somewhere else, how did you, one of the things I think a lot of people don't realize is to ask questions about company culture. Did you ask about that, or did you get that from your interviews at Frame.io? Oh, definitely. And um, because Frame.io is such a small, or uh, not really small, we're, we're just like a very uh, new company. We're going on uh, four years. Um, and so part of that culture is still kind of budding and emerging, and we're still kind of trying to figure out what that culture is. Um, but like definitely asking about it is was like super important for me because um, 
I don't, I don't know. It's just, just like knowing that I can get along with everybody is really important. And uh, the, yeah, we, we just take like company culture really well here, like well, really seriously. Okay, actually, cool. So. All right, Pim, how about you? So moving from Syracuse down to DC. Yeah, so I'll tell you kind of why the stakes were higher than just moving locations. So I hadn't driven for four years, like while I was in college, and suddenly I had to drive every day. So it was like, you're in a new place, you have to drive every day, you haven't driven, like, you know, like, that. I, I also, like, I'm someone where, like, it takes, like, I'm high energy, but I'm also very much an introvert. So I'm this weird ambivert that's always toggling. Uh, so, you know, like, when you want to ask for help, you really have to just lean in and be like, all right, like, like Abby said, it's all about instincts, right? And so there were so many firsts where I was just like, I don't even know what the climate of DC is like, because Syracuse, we joke, you live through all four seasons in one day, like, it'll be snowing one moment, hot the next. And, and DC is just very muggy, but DC is confused when it starts snowing a little because there aren't snow tires. And so, you know, there were so many things that I was just like, this world is nuts. And then I always joke and say, I started from the bottom because we, I, I was hired so quickly. And I just, I, at that point I was like, I'm desperate enough. I want my foot in the door. I think this is the right place for me. You know, like I really want to learn. And I knew that the creative director who was taking me on was really going to like kind of help me learn. And so that was why I was like, I will trust you. So I moved, but then like it was so fast. I was like, where am I going to live? And so I found this basement apartment in this very nice old couple's house um, in like this almost like a retirement community and here I was this like fresh college grad and had no friends no social life not like just praying that I could drive to work every day so just imagine that um, but I always joke I started from the bottom for real my friends like basement apartment to I guess an apartment now so it's an upgrade of some sort but you know like it's just it's been a wild ride in that way um, and so I'll also note just really quickly something to add to all of this beyond just that weird experience of like having to, you know, go through those, um, like, kind of rough patches when you start, it's definitely, like Abby said, like, you really have to find your people and your community. And so for me, AIJ actually was that community. I'm not being paid to say that. Um, I know this is technically an AIJ event, but if anything, like, what helped me keep myself together as a professional, as a designer, and as a person was definitely my AIJ community. Like, the more I was willing to embrace that, the more I was willing to say, I'll go to these networking events, even if I'm, like, really shy, or if I have imposter syndrome, you know especially during those junior designer days like I, I was like I don't know like you know like I was working for a company where um, we were like a small fish or a big fish in a small pond right like so if you knew public affairs you knew who we were you you know like it like we were a big deal inside of this very tiny world but outside of that world no one knew what that was so you know like it the world changed once I started working for brands where it's a little bit bigger but like that also shows you how to read people right so that's like a separate conversation but I say all this to say when I would go to these events to be like hi my name is Pam I work at XYZ and people would just be like what's that right so then you're already explaining that before you can even explain who you are and why you're here and so you know like just going through all those hurdles just taught me a lot but if anything it definitely teaches you how to have grit so I know this is like kind of this abstract answer to Diane's original question. Um, do you want me to talk more about just like the... What, would you, what tip would you give somebody who um, is... And all three of you can answer this kind of quickly if you don't mind. Um, what tip would you give somebody about either finding friends or getting involved or, or finding roommates or anything? Any tip for moving away? My, my one thing is to say, like, no matter how scared you are, just do it. Do it because the best thing you can do is like, like scale up in a way that you haven't scaled before because the things you learn about yourself about what you can overcome and the things you can learn from others like are like the, like that the weight of that will outbalance any of your fear so all you have to do is just go for it that's the one thing i'd say 
So Jeffy, you went to boarding school and I know you and I talked about this. So it was a big help, I think, for you to not have lived at home since you were 14, right? Correct. So, uh, no. 12. Okay, 12. Man, your dad didn't like you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so can you talk about that, how that kind of was one thing that really pre prepared you and then how you were able to assimilate into Philly and making new friends or anything like that? I mean, college is kind of easy because everybody's new, but. I, actually, I think I had kind of the opposite experience. I, I oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I did a lot better in boarding school. Like I got into boarding school and I think everyone was new there, right? Like everyone showed up on the first day and everyone was kind of on a level plane. Um, so doing that felt easier because we were all in it together. I came to Philadelphia University second semester of freshman year. Oh. So, um, you know, even my roommate used to have a roommate who he was used to. And then all of a sudden there's this international student. This is a post 9-11 world. He knows that I'm coming from Bahrain, which is a Muslim country, but I'm Indian, you know, like, so there's just a, there was a lot more that I had to like tackle, um, a lot more baggage that I tackled. Um, but, um, kind of in, in terms of, uh, like advice or something, I think that like just leaning into the discomfort of that and like actually putting in the work and, and, uh, uh, giving a shit. Sorry about cursing but like i think i think like, like actually caring about the the relationships uh, uh, and the people that you're around um just pays off so much uh, you know i think i have a lot uh a lot to thank for because of that um yeah because the job that you have now you got from the relationships you had in undergrad right yeah and you think of these friends as like family essentially yeah Yes, we were in each other's weddings, so I would say that's pretty much family. <laughs> yeah. All right, Abby, how about you? Any tips? Um, yeah, just like what Jeffy and uh, Pim said, just uh, doing every, like, uh, admittedly, this is a little bit easier to do in, like, a bigger city, but just, like, finding, uh, like, your tribe and finding different clubs that you can join or different uh different organizations you can join. I found one organization, uh, Punanimation, New York City, and it's literally just like women animators. And I'm like, oh, like I, I could never have like imagined, you know, having a community like that. Like, I, I don't know, like anywhere else. It's just like, it's so cool. And we have brunch every month and like we, we all check on each other's like projects. And I, I don't know. So just making friends that uh, like, aren't your coworkers is like, I don't know, just super great. Just like leaning into everything and doing your research and I don't know, just finding a community that's, you know, like that you have at least something in common with. I want to tack on to that, um, Abby. I, I think that, um, I think the community, there's like multiple communities you can like just essentially um, just like, I, I'm part of like an ultimate Frisbee group that I, get a lot of my uh, freelance commissions from and you know like my college groups are where I get or I have this job from so leaning into all the possibilities like being open to different relationships from different places yeah, yeah definitely no I, I totally agree especially like groups that aren't necessarily the profession that you want to be in 
Like, uh, for instance, actually back in Mobile, I used to be friends with like a lot of comedians and I would do like all of their posters and all of their social promos. And I, so, and a lot of those like ended up in my portfolio because they ended up being really great projects that I was proud of. So just, yeah, like you said, just, you know, if I, even if the group isn't necessarily like part of your creative profession, like it's just super important. For sure. All right, Abby, this one's to you. Um, what have been the benefits for you on for AIGA, if any, um, from college to the real world? And then as an animator, do you, well, I'll ask you the next part in a second. Okay. Uh, well, I think the AIGA was really important for me because it kind of gave me a perspective of what my work was like outside of the school environment. Um, and like Janet and Rachel, they were like amazing professors to begin with, but I don't know, as soon as I went to that portfolio review and one of the professionals was like, oh, you really like Avenir a lot, like the font. And I didn't even realize, like I put, I literally put Avenir in like, in like all of my work. Like, and I like didn't even like realize that That's until after I left. Name. That's usually <laughs> Abby, Avenir, Priscilla, right? Yeah, it, it kind of worked out well because I will use Avenir at Frame.io, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um like for everything for us this is it exactly yeah so um yeah my yeah it's my avenir safe space is like <laughs> it's for my own but anyway um yeah i don't know just like having but like other than like font choices just like um having ha yeah just having that professional perspective and i don't know i just remember having one professional tell me that I'm doing so many things like back in school I I did illustration I did logo design I did like I did t-shirts I did like I, I did literally like whatever I could and they basically told me hey you should probably focus on one thing like get really good at that one thing and yeah that thing for me ended up being motion design and that's kind of like how I got here so yeah just it, it, I don't know those portfolio reviews man they'll like those are so like no, I'm serious. They're like, they're so, so, so beneficial. Go to as many of them as you can. Like go to the ones in New Orleans, go to the ones in Mobile, go to the, go like, just, you know, like get as much feedback as you can early on. Yeah, for sure. All right. So you have a, a you're a motion designer. And so things change as in all design, even in architecture, right, Jeffy? Um, you have to keep up. So what are you doing to keep up with, is that um, animators, the women animators group, does that help you or do you do um, skill shares? I don't really know if you'd get much deep dives, but maybe skill shares. I don't know. Do you do any kind of learning on a regular basis? So I have, yeah, I, I do have a membership to Skillshare. Um, I haven't really had time to like go and look at any of those actually for, for a little bit, but I used it like early on. Um, uh, I, School of Motion, I did a lot of like, uh, I, I just recently completed the Cinema 4D base camp. So I learned like a 3D program actually recently. Like I, I say learned, I still have like a lot like more to do. Um, I, I really like, I really like learning through personal projects. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm trying to do a little bit more of that, but I don't know the, uh, I'm gonna like uh, talk like, you know, saying Frame.io's praises for a little bit more here. Like the Frame.io really puts like a lot of emphasis on like self-improvement, especially like if it's skill related. And so like I was actually able to get uh, like the Cinema 4D Basecamp through Frame.io. And I, I don't know, just having 
like people around you that support your, you know, your improvement is like incredibly important also. Um, but yeah, the Punanimation uh, group also like getting to learn other people's workflows and, you know, not everyone there is like, uh, I, I mainly um, work in After Effects. So whenever I go to the, like those brunches or like the meetups, like not everyone there's an After Effects animator. So I could learn from someone who's using Toon Boom or Flash or, or Cinema 4D or Blender, like just. People still use Flash? I know, right? Well, it's called like Animate now, but like they rebranded because <laughs> like no one, no one likes Flash anymore. But uh, <laughs> we still call it Flash, like in the, in the, uh, in the. In the, the in crowd. Yeah, in the animator water cooler, we, we still call it Flash, but. <laughs> so really it's personal projects. So are, what project are you working on right now? Um, so right now I'm like trying to use my Cinema 40 skills and like do a little more, um, like, uh, I, well, there's this one project I have, I guess I can like share my screen if you don't mind. Sure. Um, share screen. There we go. Okay. So I'm working on this one, uh, project where I just, I, it's like a typography exercise. Thank you, Rachel Hadley. Uh, but it uses like Cinema 4D and Photoshop as well. And it's basically just uh, things that I tell myself throughout the day. Mm. Um, Don't say dummy. I know. Oh, and uh, sorry, this is a little, it's an explanation. <laughs> a little bit. Um, but yeah, so I only have like three of these right now. Uh, Those are pretty cool. Thank you. Um, sorry, I'm like trying to like. Uh, share my screen anymore. It's at the very top in the middle. There you go. Okay. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. So like just, yeah, just like finding those like personal projects and like looking at like Dribble and looking at like Behance and like other people's work and seeing like what they're doing and, and just like drawing inspiration from that. Like, it's just, I, I don't know, like that, that's another thing. It's like you draw inspiration from like whoever you can also like that's just like super important too did that I feel like I kind of steered away from the question a little bit because <laughs> it feeds right into the next question so Pim and Jeffy I'm asking you the same one how about y'all how do you continue your learning and then how do you um do you have any um side projects or personal projects that you do that with um Pim you want to start yeah, I'll start. So um, I'll interpret this a, a different way. It's interesting because um, when I was younger, a lot of it was, okay, I have to learn how to do more of my production design skills, right? Like all the hard skills that you need to keep up with. And like, I still believe that's important. But um, interpreting how AIJ has helped me grow beyond just my junior years, it's actually been more of like leadership skills and like project management, some of those soft skills, right? And uh, more so in a way where I think AIJ and like your side projects and collaborations or like passion projects, right? They really allow you to grow as a leader and as a manager. And so they also help you affirm things that you knew you could do that your work projects wouldn't allow you to do, right? And so like there are certain things where I was like, why am I so upset that like this project management thing isn't working right at work. Oh, I think it's because my original art director taught me how to project manage in a totally different way. And I like that process more. So that means that this person at work is not wrong. It's just that's not my preference. But then it's like, oh, but now I have this side project that I can work on where I can really flex and prove and show how I can also project manage even if I'm a designer, right? You know, because it's like you can wear and toggle and juggle all these different hats, right? So AIG has really allowed me to do that. So um, right now I am one of the co-chairs for the National Diversity and Inclusion 
task force for AIGA. And so a lot of that means it's having strategic meetings and conversations where you're not necessarily designing, but like in a way where like, yes, I'm using my hands to create something in Photoshop or in XYZ uh, program, but instead I'm redesigning and re-engineering the like the infrastructure of what an organization should look like right like what is you know like on a really meta layer right like what is membership value and how do you provide that and how do you design that user experience for AIGA at large right so it's like whoa suddenly a totally different scale of what it means to design but you're still using design that means to right? learn right yeah, and exactly yes. it's a different skill mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and so, you know, like that, that's basically applying UX in a totally different dimension, right? And so that's fun. So AIJ really allows me to scale that. Um, I also am one of the um, core team members for the Emerge team on a national level. Obviously, Megan is a part of that as well. Woot, woot. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, and so that's been incredible. Yeah. Um, so getting to, you know, just kind of like use all sorts of different parts of my brain and like um, on one project has been really exciting. So I know that doesn't fully answer, but just to kind of tease out the side projects. And then the last thing I'll say that's not AIGA related. We just wrapped up a summit um, for um, the DC hub of the UN, like the United Nations Global People Summit. Um, and I was able to basically take what I do when I think about my design world and I'm like teaching people how to like design um, systems uh, and apply that instead to, you know, like diplomacy and all these other things. So it's really cool to see kind of like the different avenues you can take with your skills and, and the kinds of conversations you can hold as a leader, um, like when you kind of shift, what, what does it mean to talk about design and to train yourself as a designer and then to display that and then to also contribute to society. So that's like a lot all in one little breath of, um, I think that that those are really important. I think Austin's right there with you at his job. He is, um, a, a designer and he was hired. He was a, he's a lonely only designer in mobile. I think there's other designers in Atlanta and nope, he's the only lonely but he's doing so much more marketing and so much more business knowledge. So it's not necessarily that he's improving on his Photoshop skills or his InDesign skills, but he's really improving on his leadership and his, the way he's talking, Mark, he's nodding his head. Yes. Just so y'all know, because I can see him. My tribe. <laughs> All right. So Jeffy, what about you? Um, in terms of learning right now, I think just because I'm only a year and change into this job, uh, um, just learning anyway, just learning the ropes and architecture, figuring out my voice in the industry. Um, uh, luckily, you know, I sit really close to my coworker. He's not here. I'm not pointing at him. But <laughs> there. Um, and, and, you know, just like relying on their help and just knowing that I don't actually have the answers and that like kind of um, also learning to, uh, not let the fear of not knowing the answer kind of uh, run my career because um, that is something easy for me to do is to let the fear kind of take over. Um, but in terms of side projects, I, I you know, that kind of falls into my passion, uh, like what my passion is in, in illustrating and uh, paper cutting. Um, so there I'm always kind of like trying to uh, slow down from the architecture world, which can be so like, go, 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 go. It's like a lot of hurry up and wait. Um, so I, I use the passion projects to, to kind of like, I try, essentially I draw repetitive lines, very repetitive lines. And, uh, and I use that to actually kind of like calm down, bring me, bring me back and like focus in and like figure myself out. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I try to throw most of my attention at the moment. Architecture is taking over my life. But which means I just need to go back into these projects and like really uh, 
put some time there. And people can find you if they want to look at some of your projects, they can go to Instagram at cut ink studios. And it's two T's on the cut, right? Cut, yep. cut, C U T T I N K studio. One studio. One studio. Okay. Awesome. Can I add in one la one last thing in a, just related to passion projects and things, uh, just whatever your interests are. It's funny. They always go around circles. So I actually loved to sing when I was a kid and my dad gave me like an audio program way back when I was like maybe 12 years old. It was like before Pro Tools was even out, I think, or like at least to like the common people. So when I was 12. Um, we didn't uh, even have a computer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I used to just like do audio production and it was just for fun. And then I in interned at the radio and I did that as well. And that's actually when I was like, Oh, I think I really like comms and stuff like that. But funny story, you flash forward a thousand years later and like, I'm learning, I'm sitting in class and learning like final cut. Like now I use premiere. So I think it's final cut. Right. Like, uh, and I'm like, Oh, I, all of this is the same thing as audio. It's just a layer of imagery on top. Right. But then fast forward like a thousand more years, only well, not thousand, but the point is doing it merge. Suddenly we were like, um, Megan can tell you this. It was all on the fly. It was like, Oh, I think we should do like this video, like, you know, these interviews. And I didn't think they would say yes. And all of a sudden it was like, yes, we're green lighting this, go and do that. And I'm like, Oh my God, I haven't shot in years. Right. I haven't edited in years. And suddenly I was like learning on the fly. And so, uh, continue to just follow your path and like, don't let go of all your passions. They will find their way back into your career and all these sort of interesting ways, but it's almost like, it's, it's like seeing an old friend again. So it's just a really good feeling to just kind of stay creative in that and way. Sometimes just saying yes and knowing either with your client that, Hey, we, I don't know everything or just adding in and saying, Hey, you know what? Um, I'm going to be willing to learn this with you while I'm doing this. So you maybe can't charge them the full rate that you normally would charge because you're learning, but you're also not saying no to a, a project just because it's uncomfortable and you don't know how to do it. The, um, just to piggyback off the cyclical uh, thought, I, I like, the style of drawing that I do is very related to drafting styles of architecture. So when I went to architecture school, it what you did, we did draft a little bit and, uh, and that's where I was like, Oh my God, I love line work. I love like thinking about line weight and imagery. Um, I mean, here I am in the architecture world now and everything's on a computer, you know? Um, so it's funny how that goes back and I'm like, Oh, I still need to go draw. I was actually at a live drawing event, um, recently, and I was working on a piece during a meeting and uh, there was an architect in the crowd and I was like actually drawing like hatch marks. And he walked up to me later and was like, wait, that's the hatch mark for earth. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so that's, you know, just kind of like staying true to that and like not letting go of anything that you've done before. That's cool. All right. So next question, we're almost at the end. We're almost to the lightning round so that we'll be able to ask other people to join in. So we may, uh, anyway, so uh, Pim, tell us about, uh, as the co-chair of the AIGA National Diversity and Inclusion Task Force, do you have advice for anybody, um, any, uh, for minorities entering or advancing in the design, design field? And Jeffy, you can chime in here too if you have any advice. Yeah, I would say this advice uh, is for anyone uh, and like everyone, but particularly for those who don't feel welcomed. So Douglas, who's my co-chair, we always think of it as the question first is, do I belong? 
And if you feel like you don't belong, right, then that's why uh, on a pipeline level, um, people leave pretty quickly, right, if they don't feel like they belong. So what are ways to realize like you do belong, right, and to empower yourself? Um, this is now general, that's like the lens I'm looking through, but now this is general advice for designers because I feel like oftentimes, at least in places I've been, sometimes you're really lucky, you're like, Abby, you get that team that's like, we love you, we believe in culture, all those things. So you are very lucky if you're over there, but I'm going to give advice to people who are like, I'm over here and there's fire around me and I don't like fire. What do I do? Right. So that's this advice is catered to those folks. Um, the first thing you realize is a lot of times in those situations, corporate America, nonprofit, it doesn't matter. Right. Like um, those cultures expect designers to be passive. They expect designers to only paint, you know, like, with, by the numbers, change this pixel over here as if that's all that we can do. Designers are strategists and we create ideas and we, you know, are, you know, the, the people who are going to bring an idea to life. I always joke and say, so, you know, like I go to meetings and then after the meetings, I actually do the thing that we we're talking about in the meeting and then I go back and the other people just go to the meeting and they just wait for me to come back for the next meeting. Right. And so there's that irony, right? Like where you're like in the meeting, you're just as, you know, like essential there and then you go do the essential work and you come back right and so that's why to me like design is not passive and so you should not be passive in meetings that's my number one thing is to say you know take an active role in your career and in owning it and in owning your seat in the room and like my top advice is to figure out okay how do you change manage and how do you go to the front of the room uh, and I know a lot of times I was actually at a different event where someone disagreed with me but this is my advice is to say, if you want to advance in your career, you're going to have to learn things like public speaking. You're going to have to focus on your soft skills and not just your hard skills. Because I believe that everyone can learn the, all those soft or all those hard skills already, right? Like, but the more that you feel scared or timid or this and that or intimidated, the more like you have to learn how to overcome that and learn how to, you know, like go into the front of the room and to be confident and to speak for your work because you never want to let someone else speak for your work. The more that you let them do that, like in the more you grow in your career, like the more that someone's going to take credit for that, someone's going to own that. And then you're never going to be able to grow and you're never going to be able to present and own those ideas. And why is that so essential and important? It's because that's the only way that you can keep climbing. And uh, so now this will jump back actually more for the underrepresented um, community. Like, this is important because we need to see your you. We need to see that visibility of what you can do and what you can bring, your diverse voice and what it is that you are contributing to this project to X, Y, and Z, you know, like, you know, bottom line revenue, whatever it is, like that is important. And the client should know who is doing this work. They, you know, like I always think of design, I, I promise I will stop like talking too much just because I know we're gonna hit that lightning round, but, but what I'm trying to say with all of this is, to me, design is about building trust with who whoever your stakeholders are um, and it like, as a designer, if your design is good, then they trust you and they're willing to go with the process. They're willing to use this product X, Y, and Z, but they should know who it is that they're building trust with, right? It's not just it, like, like, yes, the career director is important, but even at the production level, if you're a junior designer, that matters too, right? So it's just learn how to like run through the gamut, even if you're like, I don't want to play this game of politics because it is important because you are important. So, you know, don't, don't just put your head down and do the work. Like that's important, but like also just surface yourself enough at least your comfort level. But even if your comfort level is just, I'll speak up for one meeting like per week, that's, that's important because you're gonna learn how to do that more and more. Okay, so I will stop reveling here just out of respect for time, but I could go on all day about this. <laughs> no worries. Jeffy, do you have anything to chime in on? Uh, I think Pam hit it pretty much on, on the nose. I think it's just really being true to yourself, um, not doing uh, something that you're not actually like invested in. Um, you know, there's just no way to stand out, especially if you are a minority and you're trying to like already try to like stand out. 
and you're trying to stand out for something you're not actually passionate in, you're, you're handicapping yourself. So um, I'd say like, make sure, check, check yourself really. Um, are you doing something that you love? Are you actually enjoying the, the experience? Cause I think if you are enjoying it, it'll be easier to speak out, to try to stand out in front of the crowd. So really it's just, uh, you know, check what you're doing, make sure, make sure it, it's taking you where you want to go. Like what is your, I don't know, 10 year goal, five year goal. Like whatever. Okay. So here's the first, we're going to change one of these into a lightning round question and then we'll open it up and maybe somebody has a question. I think Megan's going to kind of direct people down if they want and then come and stand here and they can ask you a question. Okay. So, um, I want, uh, we'll start with Abby. Um, what's been, and I don't know if you have a huge hurdle in your, um, thing right now in your job, but what's been the biggest hurdle that you've had to overcome in your current job? We'll go, um, Abby and then Pam and then Jeffy. Oh man. Um, that's like an easy one for me because it's like imposter syndrome. <laughs> I don't know if, uh, the audience or, you know, you guys know what imposter syndrome is, right? Like, so say, explain. So, okay. Yeah. So imposter syndrome is basically just feeling it's like complete insecurity. And it's basically thinking like every day, like, oh my God, like I'm not as skilled as like everyone thinks I, I am. And it's like only, I'm only like a week away from like everyone finding out that, you know, I'm not actually good at my job and I'm going to get fired and like, you know, the world's going to burn. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's getting over that a little bit. I think like moving to New York is, uh, was kind of like, uh, it was like that on top of, you know, I, I was, I'm coming from like a kind of the old world ad agency into like this new, like fancy, shiny, like tech startup. And it's just like, oh my God, like, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. And, and really like, I'm still kind of like overcoming that a little bit, but really it's just like, it's kind of just like a matter of like asking questions and, and really getting involved in your team. And uh, at the end of the day, it's not really about you. It's about like the brand, like it's about what can you bring like to the table? And I don't know, it's, it's just so important to get outside your own head. If you, if you're suffering from that same thing. Yeah. And Veronica says everything is a okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I, that, yeah, I, thank you, Veronica. I appreciate that. <laughs> What's something you've had to overcome? That was up for me. Sorry. Yes. Um, uh, I, I agree with the imposter syndrome, but I'll put it a different way just to kind of add a twist to it. It's you have to get out of your own way. And so, you know, like that was, okay, I'm scared to speak up. That was like first, like when I was a junior designer, it was that when I was moving from senior designer to my role right now, it was the feeling of get out of your own way. Like stop thinking you have to just have design in your title to feel like a designer. Like that was the hardest thing to let go of is like, wait, who am I? What am I? My identity has been wrapped up in this concept of I am a designer. And it was like, I can still like, I'm, I'm stronger in many ways as a strategist and I can still do that through design. But you know, like it was almost like I wouldn't grow as much or at capacity and so it was like you're going to go much faster you're going to grow much more you're going to contribute more um to your design community as well as to your colleagues and your company like when you actually just you know like stop thinking about the title just do the thing that you know you can do and then you know like everything else will fall into place after so i know that sounds weird but yeah so just let go of whatever it is that your your preconceived notions about yourself and your expectations for yourself and that's really actually when you like fly and all that like dead weight will actually just fall off because you're no longer focused on all of that all right. What about you, Jeffy? Um, I think right now, just kind of uh, not letting 
fear cripple my confidence um, with this job. Just, uh, you know, just trying to stay true to me learning and uh, just, you know, be honest about it and kind of keep moving, keep moving so that I actually keep learning and not, uh, you know, taking steps back. Okay, so this is real lightning round. You're going to have answer three characteristics that you possess that can be you were born with um, that have helped you get you get you where you are today. Pim. Okay. Um, innovation uh, and can it be a phrase or not? <laughs> well, I was, okay, I'll say innovation, foresight, and then um, empathy. So innovation, like it's just kind of like ingrained in me, like fix this solutionize it you know make something connect dots that weren't even dots you know make them into dots connect that line right and so innovation um and oh no i already forgot the second one i remember the, so, <laughs> the last one was empathy kind of what it, it was okay. empathy yeah. and and yeah. so, but let's go because we have some oh yes yeah, so sorry okay yep. okay uh jeffy uh i would say being an extrovert uh being flexible kind of rolling with the punches and um uh caring about people that are around me Okay, Abby? Uh, determination, hard work, and positivity. Because you could be like, you could be like a half-rate designer, but as long as you're willing to put in the hours and you're, you got a smile on your face about it, I think that's going to get you like a, really, really far. I agree. All right. So here are three, um, three things that you've had to work on that have made an impact on your career. Pam, we'll start with you. Uh, I would say no matter what fear is just the bottom line. So I'll just give you one, which is imposter syndrome. Okay. Uh, Jeffy. Uh, caring for myself, not letting fear get in the way and uh, keep practicing patience. I thought you said, anyway, I have an ear issue. I thought you said facial and I was pa like, facial? Pa patience. Okay. <laughs> patience. <laughs> I got it. Abby. Uh, insecurity, um, communication skills, and work-life balance. Okay. All right. So then we'll finish the last one in a minute as a wrap-up. So just say your name. Just stand in the light. There you go. Hi. Say your name and where, where you go to school or where you, whatever okay. you do. Um, my name is Sophie Eberhard, and I go to University of Mobile, and I'm a graphic design major. Um, and my question is, did you ever feel undereducated for a job or project you had to do? And how did you overcome that? Every time. Say that, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so, so Pim, you go, and then we'll just do that same sort of lightning yeah. round. Okay. Yeah, I agree with Abby. It's like every single time you, you think you know one thing, but you're like, I don't know about the second half. And then you're just kind of winging it, really. Um, but, you know, that's okay. That's part of it. Um, the secret that I'll tell you is a lot of times managers want that. Because they don't want someone who comes fully packaged. They want someone who's going to learn on the job, someone they can teach, uh, and someone who they can teach well, if that makes any sense. Because you may come and you're like, I know all this. And they're like, ah, you think you do, but you don't really. And then it's almost like then they're fighting with ego. And so they'd rather have someone who's like, I'm willing to learn, kind of like what Jeffy's talking about. Like that's, that's kind of your ideal situation right there. Awesome. Jeffy? Um, I think one of the best uh, interview advices that I ever got was uh, someone was telling me, that at an interview, the interviewer asked them like a question. He's like, how would you solve this? And his response was just, I'd, I'd Google it. And I think that like, I think that that's so true. It's just being willing to like, I don't know, and I'll figure it out, you know. Abby? Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, 
I don't know. I kind of walked into my job thinking I knew how, to, like, I had to know everything. And so then I kind of came off as like, I, I don't know, like, I, at one point, I would like say something and my boss who's been like editing video for 15 years is like, you don't have to know everything. Like, you, you know, like you, like, it's totally okay. Like, we're not expecting you like, especially out of school, like, if someone is like expecting everything from you right out of school, then like, you do not want to work there. That's just like my opinion. But you know, that's very good opinion. Google yeah. is your friend. Google is definitely your friend. Like yeah. I don't know. As as long as you're a fast like uh, learner, and you're willing yeah. to learn. YouTube now too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is Elijah. Hey you guys, I'm Elijah. Um, I go to University of Mobile, and um, I'm also a graphic design major as well. Um, well, in concentration, I'm actually an art major. Um, but I do have a question regarding. Um, most of you have mentioned that you are all introverts or at least an ambivert to some extent like that um young in your years i'm guessing how exactly did you start getting into design first of all and how did that actually become a career choice at that point question for you just for a clarification should we relate this back to introversion or not just just out of curiosity um, yeah yeah because i myself um i was homeschooled for seven years and Oh, my only friend was a computer, really. So all I did was dabble on paint.net and Photoshop and things of that nature. I just, over the years, I created and created and created. But I'm, I'm myself, I'm afraid of presenting my material. So I'm just wondering how you guys managed to branch out of that little, um, that little shell of yours and just, just go for it. Okay. Uh, if you guys don't mind, I'll go first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, my best advice, or, or I guess I'll, I'll walk it through two ways. The truth of the matter is, and like what I always tell myself as my meter for success is I want my work to be so damn strong that it speaks for me when I'm not in the room, right? You want it to just work. You want it to just be there and people to be, oh, I get it, right? And whether it's a poster or a slide or, you know, whatever, right? Like, and so that's the first thing. So even if you're an introvert, like your work should be like, boom. And that's actually what I always did when I was in college. I was like, um, I was in a, a, a track where you basically were a copywriter or you were an art director. So it wasn't so much like design. So it was the business of ideas because I was a creative advertising kid. And so every day we'd have to pitch, like we'd have to bring in something new and sell the idea. And I was like, I'm never going to win on words. Like I can win on concept and on strategy, but I'm not a wordsmith. That's not my joy. Like I love writing, but I'm not that. And so like, so the only thing I can do is communicate my idea through my visuals or through my concept. Even if like, I don't know how to use Photoshop. I'll just do it, right? And so that was my challenge to myself is make your work loud enough, right? And so that's the first thing. Second thing is you don't want to, like when people are looking at you, they don't, it, and I say this um, in a way to help the introverts in the room. Like, yes, they, they see you, but they don't care about you. They care about the story you're telling. They care about the idea that you, you know, that's behind you. So you need to tell people about your process, about the story and what made you passionate about this thing that's behind you, whether it's your portfolio or whatever you're working on, you should be excited about it. Like what Jeffy was saying, right? So like, um, when you are, whenever you're presenting, you know, like you're just communicating the enthusiasm of the seed of your idea and like where you want it to go and grow. So like you just have to get people excited. So share what excites you. And that's what will naturally make you feel confident and loud and comfortable in your space. You know, you, um, um, it's not about I have to present myself a certain way. It's I want to share this thing that excites me and makes me so passionate. And I hope you will be excited too. So take them on that journey with you. Tell that story. Gotcha. Gotcha. Jeffy. Your microphone is muted. Oh, well, yeah, we can't hear you. Oh, oh. I was like, wow, it's so, so really I'm so worried about the collar and the shirt. Um, I would say that, like, you know, being, I'm, I'm, currently an extrovert. I feel very extra as a, I'm an extrovert. But when I was in high school, 
uh, I wasn't. Uh, but what I realized is creating in a vacuum gets me no better because I have no influence. No one's talking to me. No one's looking at my work. No one's critiquing. Abby talked about, you know, get like portfolio reviews. Like I think, I think all of these things are important and need to happen for you to like move to the next level. So it's just kind of like, if it's important for you, you will try at least, you know, and even if that means just like talking to one person that you met um, and getting like information or uh, feedback from them. Abby. Uh, Pim said it really well. Like at the end of the day, it's not really about like yourself, like as a person, it's about the job that you're doing. Like that, that's like the beautiful thing about design for me is that like, you can just kind of like, uh, I mean, you still have to put like a little bit of yourself in there because like at the end of the day, like design is art, but, uh, it, the great thing about design though, is that it, it's like for another person or another brand or it's, it's about a message. And so, uh, all the times that where I've, you know, conquered my own introversion has been whenever I've focused on the brand and not so much about like how it reflects, like how I am re being reflected off of that like logo or, or that animation, if that makes sense. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Thank you so much, Elijah. All right. Just say your name and um, where you work. Hello. Uh, <laughs> my name's Fred. I work at an ad agency downtown. Um, Fred. Yeah. Hey, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I know him. <laughs> I graduated from Fremont College too. So. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay, go on. So, um, as creatives and designers, we do a lot of putting out ideas into the world, but. One thing that I noticed about myself is, you know, I do a lot of consuming content also. So I'm wondering if y'all could tell me like any podcast or any resources or, and it doesn't have to be design related or it probably needs to, but <laughs> that you're into. That's a great question. Yeah. I know this one called Design Recharge. Top of the list. But I actually don't think you need to always do design-related podcasts. So I listen to, like, Hidden Brain from NPR. Mm -hmm. I do listen to Honest Designers. I listen to um, Scotty Russell's pre um, Perspective, Perspective Podcast. podcast. Um, and then uh, Andy J. Miller's Creative Pep Talk. Yeah, I'll mm -hmm. tell you. I'll, you can get those from this me. This has been recorded, right? Yes, it's been recorded. Pim, how about you? Oh, yes. Uh, so I would I'd say the same thing. I'm going to give you non-design related ones just to kind of like, uh, if you, have you listened to Radiolab uh, or Snap Judgment? Um, and uh, Radiolab, Snap Judgment, anything from really NPR. But now my assignment to you as a creative is uh, what I do is I kind of think of it almost scientifically. Like you do that like MRI on the creative process. How did they produce this? Where the, what were the questions that they asked to get to this? So if you listen to Radiolab and you hear all the layers of audio, that they do, it's like a sonic dream, right? Like you close your eyes, you're completely in it, right? Theater of the mind, right? Like with sound. So now, um, like it's just fascinating to listen to it from that layer and think of it, if this is a Photoshop layer or file and think about all those layers, like it's so beautiful to think about. So that's one side. And then the other side I would say is, actually what I would recommend doing is find a producer who you really like from a podcast or a movie or you know, whatever it is where, and follow their work, right? Like the creator, like we usually follow like the directors, but like, especially when it comes to podcasts, listen to all the different kinds of stories one person is telling 
throughout like all the different things. So Stephanie Fu is like someone who started in Snap Judgment is now in This American Life. And to see the kinds of stories she's been able to tell and bridge like throughout time is really fascinating. So that's my weird long-winded recommendation. And then I'll let Jesse and Abby go. I'm talking really fast because I'm like, I don't know how much time we have so left. It's like, with, with Pim, it's like, you know, you have your book on like one for regular speech. And then Pim <laughs> is like 2.0. You're really trying to get through the podcast. <laughs> One, it's the way I heard it by, um, oh my God, the guy that did Dirty Jobs. What's his name? Oh, oh yeah, Mike Rowe. Yeah. And it's interesting because I think kind of for the same, re- uh, same reason that Pim says, he like, he's t- telling you stories about people, mm. but like you have no idea who this person is. And then he tells you who it is and you're like, what, really? And, but that's a just kind of like, um, you know, it's reverse engineering that story, but like, how do you do it in a five to 10 minute podcast? That's how long is each podcast is. So I'd say that one's a good one. Awesome. Okay. Abby. Uh, all, all the podcasts I listen to are motion design podcasts. <laughs> so um, all the ones that are like are design related anyway. Um, and so I don't know if you dabble in motion design at all, but, oh, you do. Okay. Um, so Animalators uh, is like a really good one. There's also Motion Hatch. Uh, the School of Motion has like a really good podcast um, that I'm featured. I'm featured in one of those actually. So <laughs> <laughs> like just as like a testimonial. But uh, <laughs> um, and then uh, yeah, I don't know. Other than that, like Dribble, and uh, I'm a big Radio Lab fan as well. I love Creative Pep Talk. I'm a like a big like proselytizer for Andy J Pizza. Like, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just uh, finding, like, just, like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm always down for, like, podcast, like, recommendations as well. So, and, and just yeah. <laughs> Diane, perspective podcast by Scotty Russell is, that guy is a hustler, and he's just really hardworking. So, yeah, uh, like Andy J Pizza, you would really like um, Scotty because he's very motivational, and so he's really good. The other one I like that, wait, I'm sorry. The other one I like was, um, oh, boogers. Now I forgot when I <laughs> Oh, well, I don't remember. Thank I'm you. <laughs> oh, 99% Invisible. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was a good one, too. That was good, yeah. Okay. okay. One last question, maybe? Okay. Yeah. Hey, y'all. My name is Julianne. Um, so I'm from yeah. Mobile. I just graduated in May from the University of Mobile with graphic design. Um, and just started about a month ago in my first junior position at an ad agency here. So um, kind of get into the swing things with that. But I was just curious. I know, Jeff, you talked about it a little bit. Um, for my personal journey, I had no idea that I was going into graphic design until second semester of my freshman year of college. So what was your kind of journey of choosing graphic design? Um, or even, you know, you went to architecture, but, but eventually getting into design. How did you kind of find that path? Everybody? Yeah, oh, I mean, I know that's kind of a loaded question, so don't, you don't have to answer it fully, but just kind of, you know, a little blip. Okay. Um, Jeffy, do you want to start, or do you want me to start? Go ahead, go ahead. Start. Okay. Um, so... I just realized like it, it goes back to like owning what you're good at, right? Because it's almost like we don't realize what we're naturally good at. And so um, it was just kind of like a round circle thing. Like um, I just loved art on one side, but it was also, I love strategy. And so 
design really is that formation of both, but really like in the room, what does that mean? That means I'm the one where like, uh, usually a lot of my work deals with influencers and deals with um, like working with C-suite people or like VPs and stuff like that. And a lot of times what they realize is like, or what they don't realize is it's a communications problem that they're trying to solve. They just don't know it yet. And so even if it's not creating a poster for them, creating XYZ, it's helping them work through their concept. And so I'm sketching as they're talking. I'm storyboarding as they are like, I'm, I want to get this presentation, but I don't really know. And, and so I'm helping them visualize what they're doing. And, and I didn't even realize that that was part of design in a way. Um, like no one told me to be a designer or whatever. And so I didn't go into school thinking I would be design, uh, a designer. I took only one design class and only one video class when I was in college. And then it was really afterwards where I was like, teaching myself everything as I was going and, and so I don't know if this fully answers the question um, but yeah so what did you major in in college yeah so I did creative advertising but it was a very specific program where it was like more business focused and like marketing focused it was not like you know learn in design like by heart and so I was just really lucky I had a great graphic design teacher who I just kept going back to even when she was no longer my formal professor and I was like give me advice on this like what about that but I, she actually gave me great advice I asked her in my junior year I said hey I really want to switch or I think maybe it was the end of my sophomore year I said I want to switch I want to become a graphic designer then like if if this is kind of the path because art direction just felt like I was learning the concepts but no one was teaching me like the hard skills, right? So I was like, I just don't think I'm, my portfolio is gonna be strong enough. And she said, no, that the things you learn in this in your classes in terms of strategy are the things that will lift you up in your career the longer you go in life. And that actually proved to be true. Like, and that's not to say that like, oh, stop taking your graphic design courses. It's my encouragement for anyone who isn't taking enough strategy or thinking about strategy is do that. Do, focus on that because that's going to help you uh, challenge your ideas and help you learn how to be more articulate about the stories that you're telling through the work that you're doing, whether it's through the presentations that you're giving about your work or about the actual presentation of the design, so to say, within the design work itself. Cool. Jeffy, sweet. Um, I was going to say just kind of, uh, I think I realized that I like uh, being in the design world uh, when I realized that spatial planning is challenging um and and that also translated into me doing the paper cutting that i do just because um i have to when i cut paper i want to be able to lift up the sheet and it doesn't just crumble and fall right like i want it all to hold and and communicate a story that i'm trying to tell so i think that um i didn't go in knowing what i wanted i actually went in I, when i applied to college i was an interior I, I applied as an interior designer and uh came out as an architect because I just enjoyed um, that more. Gotcha. Abby? Um, I don't know. Like, from a very young age, I wanted to do animation, but I didn't quite, like, you know, as I grew up, my dad was like, okay, like, when are you going to be an accountant? Uh, <laughs> kind of similar to Jeffy's, uh, Je Jeffy's thing, uh, <laughs> actually. But um, so I kind of had to, like, prove to my like dad that I could do number one that I could do like design in general and then like once I kind of like broke into design I was like okay like th there's like 900 different directions I can go from here and uh, I actually uh, I, I had a really great mentor uh, Alec Lewis shout out um, he he was the one who taught me like motion design my junior year of college and then I, I just remember like it clicked I was like wait like I, I really like this one like this is the one <laughs> and like because I, I don't know you, you kind of have to like find that one thing where you end up looking like for tutorial after tutorial and and you like want to dive deeper and deeper and deeper and like before you know it it's like 3 a.m and 
like, you know, <laughs> and the only thing open is like Waffle House. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, but I, I don't know. Yeah, just finding that one thing that you kind of like lose track of time. And like, yeah. if, if you can find that one thing, like you're incredibly fortunate, in my opinion. But yeah. yeah. That's awesome. All right, we have one more question. Thank you. No problem. Absolutely. Thank you. Say your name and where you're from. Hi, um, my name is Vanny Bolin. It's short for Savannah. Um, I'm a graphic design major at the University of Mobile. And my question is actually specifically for Abby. Um, I'm, I've always been really intrigued by motion graphics and like animation and all that stuff, but I like have no idea where to start or where to begin. So like, what advice would you give to someone who's like intimidated a little bit? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember opening After Effects for the first time and I was just like horrified. <laughs> well, especially coming from a design background, because like, I, I'm assuming you're coming from like a, like traditional design, like right. posters. Um, yeah, I, I remember opening it and just having like the concept of like timing and stuff is just like, ah, like, <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. So, um, uh, I don't know if there, if University of Mobile has any motion design courses anymore not or currently. not currently. Okay. Um, uh, just like tutorials, I would find like that one, like how to make a script logo, uh, like draw on the screen and then like looking up a tutorial for that and then like learning the program through there through that and then uh you know at a certain point you you've drawn enough like logos on the screen where you're like okay like this <laughs> doesn't look as quite as good as i want it to like maybe i should learn animation principles and then kind of just like start your goals like really really small and like work your way up like from there and um i don't know i personally uh like shout out to School of Motion. Like I, I did School of Motion's animation boot camp, and like having the principles all like laid out over like a like steady course was like just so 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 beneficial for me, um, especially because I, I I learned best from more of a traditional classroom setting. Um, yeah, I don't know, just but but yeah, just like I would say like have your goal be like really like just a really really small goal just like a 10 second animation that you want to accomplish look up every tutorial that you can um and i i mean that's kind of like how i like learned after effects other than you know having like a course about it but right uh, yeah so yeah i don't know maybe did that, that help like making that a side project you know like we were talking about side projects earlier like create a series of work and that you've done it enough times that it might just become second nature for you. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've always learned fast through, through that too, especially like um, my first job, I, I almost went more into motion design because I just, my boss, no one knew how to do it. And I was the only one who was like, okay, I'll open up After Effects, I'll learn Premiere. You know, like, <laughs> and like, it really is just like those random assignments, the more you push them, whether it's random or it's, you know, like um, side projects like Jeffy Singh, like, you just learn little, like, it's going to be like, okay, so now I know how to make this thing spin, but I need to add this other element now on top of it. So it's like, you learn how to make it spin once, then you do this other element. Oh, okay. Now it pans out this way. You know, like, here's the camera, you know, like all those things. Like you just learn it little by little. And get the, get the feedback from it because people will give it to you. And then that's how you learn because people will give you actual tangible feedback. And I interviewed this guy named Austin Saylor, S-A-Y-L-O-R. I love Austin Saylor. So good. He, uh, I think it's called lettering animation. It is. So it's a course. So it's online. So it may be 
cheaper somewhat in than School of Motion, but yeah, it's really specific right. to lettering, doing logos or something. Okay. So that might be a good one to start. A little plug there for Austin. Um, and so he and me and Jeffy all know each other. So, but he's awesome. really so you can look up that. Awesome. Okay, I'm thank you post so much. The link in the, Anybody in the else? comments? Okay, I think that's it. Oh no. Yep, I think that's everybody. So thank you guys so much. And thank you guys for being here. My mom clearly had to go because she <laughs> couldn't stay. I don't know. She probably lost internet. They have issues with their internet at their house. I think my dad like pulls the plug or something. <laughs> but anyway, thank you guys. Michael, thanks for coming twice. David, thanks for coming twice in one day. I really appreciate it. Um, and you guys, Pam, I'm, I was just making fun of you in love because you talk fast. I'm so thankful that you talk fast because we got to get more out of you because you really are. I'm, I just want some of her energy. And, and Jeffy, just always good to see you. And Abby, I'm just super proud. Thank you, guys. Um, so thank you all who is here, who I'll turn around. Later. Can, can I just say a quick thank you back to Diane for building community wherever you go? Thank it you. doesn't matter. Like, I'll talk to yeah. someone, they'll be like, oh, Diane? You know, you know, that's just who you are. And so thank you for connecting nice. all of us here, too. Well, I'm really excited. So I, because I had to use this PC, I don't have a way for people to connect with you. So really quick, share your Instagram handle, and then um, that will be the way for people to connect with you. So Pim? It's just my name at pimher.com. So P or not .com uh, at pimher. Uh, don't look that up right now because I have to like my site is it. I'm one of those designers who you hate who doesn't. So if, have you're, their own if you're listening, you want to do P H I M H H E R. Yep, uh, and that's on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram like is where I spam the world. So find me on Instagram. That's the best way to get in touch with me. And then um, Abby is A B B I E B A C I L L A. And then Jeffy is C-U-T-T-I-N-K-S-T-U-D-I-O, Cut Ink Studio with two Ps. Anyway, thank you. And you can find me at Design Recharge or rechargingyou.com. And anyway, an AIGA mobile. And Megan wants to say something. Emerge.aiga.org. Emerge.aiga.org. E-M-E-R-G. I don't even know how to spell it, people. It's on my shirt, but I'm too short. I'm on my tiptoes already. So there you go. I think it looks backwards to everybody, but Ooh. To, that, isn't that cool? Yeah. It looks like I'm part of the matrix. <laughs> I'll see you guys soon. Take care, everyone. Thank you so much.